Hello, I'm Shelly Till. Welcome to the Too Much Grit to Quit podcast, where I speak to some of the greatest athletic minds about overcoming adversity and building your grit muscle. Frank, I want to know, let's talk, let's get specific so people can understand the application of this. Luca has had several, um, you know, things that he's had to get through, adversities. And we talked about trauma and the impact that that can have on if it's not it's not a, it, it, the deal is it's not the event. It's the processing or non-processing of the event that can get stuck and that can cause problems. Right. So how or let's talk about there's there's a few things that come to mind, two of them right now in terms of Luke and how you may have applied this. One is when he had to have surgery to have that tumor removed right. that had to be completely life altering for all of you. And secondly, less life altering, yet still very impactful in an emotional time. And I was there and you and I were there when the University of Iowa got canceled from the Big Ten tournament last March. I remember we had that picture up on the stage, right? Yeah. And just the impact that that had on them. And and I know Luca took that very hard, as all the guys did. And just the abrupt ending, you know, you want to talk about abrupt endings and the shock to the system. So. How did you work through that with Luca utilizing these techniques? Well, another just like a home run question. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, first off, I just I'm uh, just feel compelled to say this. Uh, so uh, uh, forgive me. But I just want to say, uh, you know, the the beautiful part about uh, about Luca, all his, uh, you know, um, you know, really, uh, his innocence that you see on the court. I mean, you can't hide on the court, show you know that, right? So the you expose your heart to the to the world. That is all my wife, Shayla. I mean, that's all that good stuff is her. Uh, I just want to say that because I'm tough to put up with. Uh, period. But two two guys, and then my beautiful daughter Tessa. She hates it if I say her name, so I I gotta I gotta watch out. But anyway, I want to go on record about just saying, hey. Um, you know, she's the real special sauce of this, um, and and who Luca is today is is, uh, is a is a is a huge part of her. So I want to say that, and then thanks. So thank you, Shelly, for allowing me to do that. And then second, I want to say it's not so much uh, the events; it's what a person's perception of those events are, because each one is different. And if I'm living out a software p- program of the past, which most of us are. 70,000 thoughts a day, 95% are, you're not even doing anything about. You're not living in the present conscious moment, right? So if you take that back over, my point is, your perception is not based on what's in front of you. It's based on the past. So you've got to, first, what is the perception truly? In other words, I, it has to lead with something like this. What am I not seeing that you're seeing? It has to be, you have to lead. That's how you, have, that's how you see what you can't see. I mean, in other words, if you can't see it, then what do they say? You can't see the label when you're inside the jar, right? You know, or you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. Exactly. You can't see your own ears. So it has to lead with that. And so back to your question. So Luca's exploration into the inner game started with him healing himself before the surgery. That when you or a doctor tells you, hey, listen, you may, we have to take out this plane. You may never play again. Boom. Okay, guess what you're going to do then? This is how people typically, Shelley, get introduced to their inner self. It's either you got a tumor, you got a year to live, you got this horrible calamity, and guess what? All of a sudden, the facade falls down. 
All the memories of the past implode, and now you are forced. And sometimes it's an avalanche. It's like coming off a gun, boom. Right? That's the other reason you got to have breath, breath work. And now you're faced with, it comes down to the moment of truth. So, okay, Dad, I want to hear about this visualization stuff a little deeper. So we talk about, let's talk about when you visualize, Shelley, uh, to, to talk about the specifics of this, you have to see it as if it's done. So you have to you have to train your mind. Can't tell the difference whether it's happening or not. That's the great thing about Einstein. I said the thought experiment: bring the future into the present. So boom, what does it look like as if it's done? He's healed. What does it look like with the surgery? How did it go? It went great. It was a miracle. They got rid of anything. No, no. So you visualize that. You send all that firing and wiring together. You send all that energy out there. So he started doing that twice a day, and then even longer, and with breathing. And uh, we had people help out in Hawaii. They went to church and prayed there. We had uh, people in Virginia that were our Sikhs all. And we, we brought in a remote healer. I got a remote healer from San Francisco College. It was like, hey, listen, no stone unturned. So, like, exactly. so yeah, we used that. Of course, it was a miracle. It was a nine-hour affair over uh, you know, a gallon and a half of fluid. So if that would have popped when he was playing, it would have been, it would, I don't want to go there. So anyway, he used it there. And then... He used it to heal himself. So then he started the first game after that. So that's a miracle in and of itself, that in terms of, by the way, he's going to be in a medical journal. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, oh, God, Dr. Brown is super, Superman. And uh, anyway, he is um, going to, it's the largest ever recorded uh, cyst on the spleen. And there's only 800 in recorded history. So it's like in the history of, of humankind, only that. So anyway, he's, he's set a different kind of a record, one that we like to forget. So. <laughs> He used it then, and then secondly, when we talk about the Big Ten cancellation, um, and I want to be clear about this too. Yeah, it was sad, and this and that, and, and I want to be on the record too. It's like, hey, this, you know, this is a game. It doesn't compare to people suiting up for defending it and the women that you know serve every day and this. So anyway, but I want to be on the record about that, um, and then we brought to bring it into the our world, which is okay. Our, like your son, that's it. Season's over. Are you kidding me? Could have been final 16 or, you know, sweet 16. I mean, you know, you could taste it, right? Shelly, you could yeah. taste what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. I feel terrible for Ryan, for Bakari, who had been meditating with Luca and using this stuff. And you saw his performance go through the, through the, through the roof. He was, his best games are ahead of him. Yeah. So that was just, you know, just terrible. You don't want that on any young person. That's a scar right. and it's their own scar and it's all relative. So, and that's why um, I asked that question to you, Frank, specifically about that event, because Riley did really struggle with that for a while. Oh, yeah. Through, you know, a process of healing and till he was even ready to decide, do I want to continue playing this game? Yeah. Now it's almost like, well, it's not, you feel like it was stolen, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know? And, um, and, uh, for me, if, you know, Luca didn't have to play, you know, if he didn't play another college game, I had so many to remember that. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm just fine with that. I mean, uh, I didn't know if there would be a season, Shelly, really, to be candid. I mean, there were some discussions where you then the football's canceled. So, yeah. what, you know, what? <laughs> you know, I mean, you're – so, no, I um, – well, good for Riley that you, you helped him with that because, you know, that's – Listen, any kind of stress on the outside, that breathing, boom, I get back to the superpower. Bring it in, deal with it, uh, heal it, and get the answers to it, and, and move forward with it. Um, uh, so anyway, that 
uh, thought process and then, you know, getting over it with stuff that, uh, you know, once it's done, it's done. Mm-hmm. Now let's get ready for next year or so. Um, well, let's take us to, because we're here. It's next year. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, <laughs> now I think number five in the polls after losing two tough games. Um, we yes. talked off air that this is a team that knows how to score. There's no question about that. Um, the real the real question mark is on the defensive end of the ball. Um, and they know that. That's Everybody knows that. And so with a team like this, with this much talent, in this uh, interesting environment and type of year, uh, as we've already mentioned, but there's a lot of expectation and there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of uh, big goals that this team has in terms of not only the Big Ten, which is the the toughest conference in the country right now. Oh, yeah. And, you know, wanting to get to the Final Four. And this is a national championship caliber team. I think every Hawkeye fan believes that, I'm sure. You know, not that we're not biased, but... So, talk to me, Frank. Uh, You know, you have the inside pulse with Luca, and he wasn't able to join us today, but um, I'll let you speak (laughs) on his behalf. Sure. Come off a loss against Gonzaga, number one ranked team, and a very close uh, game. And then up in Minnesota uh, and just the heartbreaking way that ended with in what 40 seconds the, the game oh. died and sent into overtime and they ended up winning um, you've had two games where on an average those teams have scored over 100 points a game what is the shift in your in your perspective that needs to happen for this team to get over the hump and succeed and achieve those goals yeah well that's a good it's right in the heart of this uh, center of the <laughs> core question right there Shelly well, I think, well, let's go back to the science of it all. Yep. They are experiencing the cognitive dissonance. You know, they have a vision kind of how they want to be and where they want to be. And that's been tested. And, uh, and again, you're not, you know, the path to the summit's not a straight line. It's not, you know, uh, it's not Euclidean geometry, right? The, the books of Euclid have to go out. This is non-Euclidean. This has to be able to, it's curved, it's space time. So it's like, they have to converge on what horizon there is. And then all those answers come naturally. They'll know exactly what to do. In other words, perhaps rather than a good shot, Shelley, it's a great shot every time. Perhaps since maybe our defense isn't our greatest uh, suit, although we're working on it. Yeah, I, I would make the strong argument. We've improved vastly. Mm-hmm. Now, we still need to get, get there. That's just part of it. The game is you got to win, you know, defense wins games. You must be able to demonstrate that. They know that. But here's the truth to it all, is that the path is revealed once you're taking that step. You know, Rumi said it, you know, once you go down the path, the path is revealed. So you've got to have that cognitive dissonance. Okay, here's the reality. We lost. We lost. Oh, crap. Here was our vision. We were going to whip these guys. We were shocked at the end. It was like, oh, so, which vision is going to hold, hold, hold steadfast? And whichever one, Shelley, does, wins. It's, it's like simple as that. But yeah, right. It is. They have Native American, uh, you know. So, you've got to feed it. You've got to go inner with it. And when you do that, then, Shelley, things will happen naturally. You'll go like, hey, right, hey we're not great at defense, but uh, rather than shooting within eight seconds, so we play more defense, right? So, you know, we were not avoiding it. We're actually encouraging it. We're playing more defense than offense, timeout. 
let's get a great shot, make them play defense, let them get tired. Because then at the end of the game, then we go blow them out by 50. Why? Because they're tired. They're play defense. They've run up and down, try to keep pace, and you've made them exert a ton of energy breaking them down because we have so many weapons. And then I think you'll see something like uh, J-Bo realizing, oh, she's, I'm the closer, <laughs> right? Okay, oops, oh, she's, oh, God, I was, uh, you know, okay, hey, wake up. Not, not wake up, but just, oh, geez, that'll never happen again. Give me the ball, foul me, because I shoot at 90-something percent. I never miss. I'm the greatest free throw shooter because I think his form is outstanding. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, he would go, oh, hey, foul me. Come here, give me the ball. And, and stuff like that will happen naturally, just organically, Shelly, uh, because the vision will determine, you know, the path will be revealed once you take that step. And I believe every one of them is committed to taking that step. And uh, that's what's great about sports, because now we get to see. If you'd like to take a deeper dive into peak performance training, then I invite you to check out my collaboration with Dr. David Kruger, executive mentor coach and CEO of Mentor Path, an executive coaching, training, publishing, and wellness firm who guides performing professionals to achieve and sustain peak performance. If you want to play to win, it requires answering these two questions. One, how can preparation, practice, and performance be developed and applied to consistently generate optimum performance? And two, how can coaches and players individually and collectively achieve and sustain elite performance success? The three peak performance playbooks and seven webinars offer practical guidance for both coaches and players to systematically apply mind, brain, and performance sciences to achieve and sustain optimum success. To sign up for alerts about the upcoming launch schedule, please go to my website, ShellyTill.com, and there you can click on courses and then peak performance. Well, no, there's my coach used to say this. <coughs> hey, there's always another, you say Gars, you call it Gars, Gars. He said, there's always another game until it's your last. Yeah. And in this COVID world, Right. Like, look at what happened to football. It's just so terrible. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, bang, season's done. Goodbye. Yeah. You know? and that's, okay. why, that's, why, that's why I wanted to talk to you about this at this time, because I just think it's so important, even more so, because everything is just, you you call it elevate. Everything is elevated. That's The emotions are elevated. The stakes are yeah. elevated. Yeah. And I think, and the, like you said, the the risk or the potential that it could all end like that. Yeah, And I think if there's one thing that we're all learning through this, sports or non, it's you better take every day as a gift and every relationship as a gift. Oh, yeah. Every conversation, right? Every It's like every conversation, like my partner, Guru Ganesh, he's a, he's a yogi, right? He's been, hasn't shaved in 57 years, right? He does three and a half hours of yoga every day. He gets up at 3.30. I mean, just, he's done you know, a spiritual path. Uh, not by just saying it, by physically doing it, you know, the ice bath, uh, just incredible. But what has something happened, Shelley, over half a century of doing that? And his wor- words of wisdom, you know, I call them for the ages, right? I call them sales wisdom for the ages. But the point is, you know, the real uh, responsibility of us is to touch and uplift in every interaction. You know, that's why we call it elevate. You know, so you touch, uplift. And then that just rains back. But the point is, you're doing it without any expectation of return. You're doing it because that's the humankind thing to do. 
That's the key. I think that is that is the key because I think most of our interactions that we've been taught are to give or to do for yeah, win or lose for the return for what you get in return. Yeah, win lose win lose or you know some kind of I'm going to get one over this right. and it's like hey Tom it's time to be conscious and a conscious thing is this Shelly I have to make sure you win more than I have to win because that's a conscious way to do it because why I'm into a relationship a partnership a Mm-hmm. You know, defining that future, working backwards, making sure that, hey, what well, we, you know, can we can really accomplish that? That's, you know, Karl Marx, uh, uh, one of his great papers called the, the Great Alienations. You know, there was four. One was Earth. My mother, I, there's no doubt that we were alienated to our planet. Um, the second is that uh, we're alienated to our jobs. People are doing things they they don't enjoy. They're alienated from them. Right. The second is that we're alienated from each other. Yes. And, you know, in this time and era where we have more ways to be connected, easier, faster, whatever, 5G now, more suicides, more, you know, uh, prescription stuff going through the roof. We don't even know what's going to happen to kids that you're feeding some some of these dr- drugs to in terms of the long-term development of the prefrontal cortex that takes to the 25 years. But then... The last is they were alienated to ourselves, Shelley. And so those four alienations, even when Karl Marx is writing this great paper about it, are exactly what's happening now. So that alignment is so easy just right now. You can turn on a dime, pivot, bang. But the first thing in any 12-step program is an awareness mm-hmm. and a recognition that, hey, I don't see it all. Here's where I want to be. And I acknowledge that I'm not there and I want to get there. And that's the beginning of all change. So Frank, before I let you go, is it possible? And if this isn't possible, that's fine. We can move on. But I'm wondering just for our listeners who might want to just under get a taste of what this is like, are you, uh, could you, are you able to take us through just a really brief uh, meditation or awareness practice, maybe in a minute or, or two or three? Well, I kind of, I would love to. Shall we begin? Yes, please. All right. So, uh, just for everyone listening, just we call it the easy pose. So just somewhere where your spine is is um, is straight, because all your power, what we call the kundalini energy, is right, you know, behind your navel point. And and so the idea is that we want to stir it up down there and, and create that energy, because that's what tickles the pineal. So uh, back back straight. That's a certain central nervous you know channel for us. And um, close your eyes. And if you can, just like picture a triangle in your mind and then take your eyes and then focus right up to the top of the triangle. And that's in the direction of your pineal. Some folks say, hey, imagine a TV screen between your eyebrows and just look there. The point is when we start doing this after about five minutes, you'll see a light there. And what I want you to do is follow that light and you'll see the light just like you would on a, on a TV screen. So we'll start off an easy pose, and we'll be breathing only through our nose, uh, the path to the brain and to the pineals through the nose, not through the, right to the lungs. So we use our lungs to get there. So um, in through, just a nice and easy, in, and then just out, and we'll do that here. I'm going to time this, so we'll go like three minutes. This will be, uh, give you guys a taste. I'll time it now. And just nice and in and out. And here in about 10 seconds, I want you to you know try and go in for seven to 10 seconds, hold it for seven to 10 seconds and let it out. Well, that'll be like a 
the symmetry. Pretty soon that'll be four parts. Bring it in, you hold it, you exhale, you hold it, then you go back in and pretty soon you'll be in that one minute. One breath per minute range and that's where optimal receptivity begins. So we'll start that now. Ready? One, four, five, six, seven, all right. Hold. Five, six, seven, and then exhale. Inhale, and you just go at your, your pace there. Again, remember those thoughts, little house on the prairie, open the front door, back door, let them go. And then I want you to imagine, you know, your lungs are right below your belly button, right behind it. And I want you to fill up down, down in the belly button, all the way up. This is the diaphragm area. This is the area that no one pays attention to, <laughs> particularly on the inner you know, core work. This is the most important one, the diaphragm, because it releases the kundalini's kundalini uh, kundalini energy. Excuse me. So, and from the navel point up, thoughts come in, they go out, and now, if you will, permit me to request the following. All of us are where we are today because of somebody. And in many cases, many people who cared for, who looked out for, and who loved you into who you are today. And for the next minute, I just want us to, while we're just breathing and holding it out, I want you to send what we call an invisible gift. It's actually measurable. So it is measurable, but it's invisible because we're going to send it through our thoughts. This is what Einstein called the spooky stuff at a distance. Don't be surprised if you get a call or a text or an email from these folks, because that's how it works. So I want you to take right now and I want you to send an invisible gift of gratitude and thanks to those that looked out for you, cared for you, and regardless of what you did, we're always there for you. Let's do it now. Now imagine just how grateful those people would be to know that in your quiet time that you thought of them. And some may be with us, near us, and some may even be in heaven. And I want you to take that gratitude and just leave it right in your center. And for the last 35 seconds, I want you just to be in complete stillness. Let your breath go. Just in through the nose out. Complete stillness of gratitude. Starting now.
It's been my pleasure to uh, take you on that trip. That's uh, under five minutes. Imagine what that would be like for a couple more minutes of complete stillness. It's measurable. It's worth about three and a half hours of sleep. And if you do that twice a day, imagine the energy you'll have. There's 50 trillion cells on average in each of us. Each cell has 1.4 volts. That's heavenly trillion volts of energy and if you can align that what we call the harm harmonic resonance which is where we were with gratitude it's the easiest way to get there you got there today now you're really creating your future with your every cell in your body shelly thanks for having me on the show it was uh the most unique uh, one i've had to date so thank you for that well that's high praise from you i'm uh, i know how in demand you are and i appreciate that and i i wanted to give the listeners just a taste of um, what you're talking about because I think you have been a gift um, to the University of Iowa. Luca has been a gift and I think the biggest gift not only what he's done to um, you know attract attention to the university and the Rasmo program but this what we just did today people are curious people are wanting to know they want they want what he has they want yeah, what's, what's underneath that rug yeah no yeah. well thank you for bringing it out because no one else has asked for that but uh did you enjoy it was it okay was it- yes i loved it it's uh immediately calming i've been working on a, my own practice i it, you know you take it much deeper and i appreciate that and there's so much more i want to learn about this for myself um because i know just in the short time that i've been doing it i've noticed a, a huge shift oh, yeah. in in myself um, and in, in relationships. I really think that it impacts them. And, and that's why I'm so interested in this because I think that there's a huge need for this in the coaching world and in the athletic yeah. world. I agree. No, I agree. I, I again, it was, um, I hope, well, I hope someone, everyone got something out of it. And so Frank, uh, how can people learn more about and, and find more about Elevate and what you do um, if they want to bring this to their team or to their corporation or just into their life? Well, great question. So I would say go to sportshood.net and just, you know, for lack of anything right now, just press on contact and just give give me some, give us a holler. And my dad or I will give you a call or some of our, you know, other folks that, uh, will, you know, will will match up. But now let's do that. And uh, and uh, Shelly, you and I are going to talk a little bit about that in the future, too. I want to I want to I want to say that for the record. Just uh, I think it'll be. I think it's something coaches, like you say, you want to talk about giving a gift to to each student athlete that they'll carry for the rest of their life. This is something. So, again, touch and uplift, and that equals elevate. So thank you, Shelly, for bringing light to that. Thank you for being with me today, Frank. That's a wrap for this edition of Too Much Grit to Quit on Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Shelly Till. Please join me again the next time, and make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform.